You're listening to DB Diary thanks to Lakers Dragon Boat Club, the home of dragon boat paddling in Brisbane's Forest Lake. G'day, I'm Aidan Taylor and this is your weekly brief on deck with DB Diary. It's December 20, 2020. Let's get stuck in. On today's show, the latest changes proposed for the Australian Nationals State v State, the latest recipient of life membership to OzDBF, the Dubai Diggers founder who's now mentoring a Brisbane club, and the president of Dragon Boat Canada launches under 24 paddling erg competition. First up in the program, we're looking at the proposed restructure for the State v State tournament at the Australian Nationals. Earlier this month, the OzDBF Working Review Committee, they came together to present their six months of research into how they could improve the Australian National Tournament. And that research has come from all of the different feedback that they've received from the Australian Dragon Boating community. So of a whole series of recommendations, only one of them has been accepted at this stage. And that is to improve the overall prominence given to the State v State race day. So for more on this, I caught up with OzDBF Business Services Manager, Mel Cantwell. Okay, so currently at the moment, because the seniors day has spilled over, uh, the seniors has spilled over onto State v State Day. And so State v State Day, we really only had a half a day the last couple of years. So to try and, I suppose, the feedback from the OzDBF Athletes Commission, was that the paddlers wanted more racing on State v. State Day. Mm. Um, They wanted more importance to it. Um, They wanted it to be more recognised. So what we're trying to do is push the seniors overflow back to two days. So we've got to try and rework the seniors program to fit into two days. Um, And so that then the State v. State will be the whole day, which may then be, you know, things like... Um, it will have its own um, opening ceremony and the state flag bearers will be moved from the first day of like the opening ceremony and it, they, they'll be presented on the state v state day yeah. so that they're there in front of all their peers. Um, you know, there'll be some, you know, probably two distances included instead of only the one. Yeah. So we're looking at expanding it beyond the, the typical 500 metre offering that it's been yes. the past couple of years. Yes. I think that's great news yes. for the sport. Yeah, that's really, really positive. Yeah. yeah. Not everybody, I guess, was in full agreement on it because, you know, we know some clubs don't want their paddlers to do state v state because they don't want the paddlers to be worn out. They want them fresh for the, particularly the the premiers want them fresh for club racing. Um, and, you know, it's just, we, we can't win uh, whatever we do. It's definitely a balancing act, isn't it? It's, it's a shame because you'd want, you'd want the state v. state to be, you know, the, the ultimate display of your sport and to have that sense of importance. We do. And then, you know, if then some of the paddlers whose clubs, who, whose clubs are not going to, to um, club racing, um, you know, then they obviously participate in state v state, and mm. so it's been hard on them because, you know, they're obviously a decent paddler, but their club's not going for whatever reason, or you know, they're, the the club's not racing their age category or whatever, um, and so you know they're going, they're spending money going for a day's racing, etc. So it's it's trying to find the balance of not over racing paddlers so yep. that they're they're obviously fresh for well 
for Premier Day, or it's not so much with seeing this because it's the you know the two days after seeing this. Yeah. Um, but you know, so that they're not, so the premiers are not completely worn out before they start club racing. But then trying to find a way to give some um, for those who are going, those paddlers who are going for state v state only, giving them enough racing so that they feel like it's worthwhile putting their hand up to be in the state team. Mel makes a really good point there. And as a paddler myself, who's been in that situation where you put your hand up for state v state, knowing full well that you'll only get several races, cost is a big factor in your decision, especially when you start looking at the longer distances between states, for example, from Brisbane to Perth, where nationals were set for 2021. If you're only getting several races, where's the incentive for the paddler to put their hand up for the state tournament. So a really positive move. And for a different perspective on this issue, I spoke to the former AusDBF president and coach of the Hydro Paddle Club in Canberra, Kel Watt, for his thoughts on the proposed changes. So look, I think, you know, the old 500 metre uh, run and done, I understand, you know, the 500 metre is sort of the um, the, the, the yardstick. It's, you know, it's the toughest race because it's a sprint, but it's two minutes long. And, um, you know, it becomes not just a physical effort, but a, a mind game that people have to win as well. So Kel welcomes the changes, but he thinks that AusDBF could be doing a lot more to lift the overall standard of the state v state. Long story short now, Aiden, the state competition needs a big revamp for two reasons. Firstly, to get better results for us internationally, but to also grow the sport. And I think we do that by crunching a number of categories. So instead of having three or four master's age groups, having one or two, um, instead of seeing the Premier as a 19 to 39 year age bracket, which it's not, it's open age, um, it needs to be seen as that's where you put your best 20 paddlers or 10 paddlers, but it's you know the first category that needs to be filled. Okay, so before jumping to conclusions about whether or not you should take away the age categories, it's really important to get some background understanding. Now, the old age category system where you have, for example, three or four master's age groups served a very specific purpose at the time it was brought in, all to do with the qualification rules for national representation, which saw the winner of the state comp across the various categories and divisions represent Australia internationally. So, Kel says that this way of operating is now redundant because you no longer have to follow the same rules of qualification that we needed before. So with the state competition no longer deciding the um, Australian team representation, it doesn't need to align with those age groups that the International Dragon Boat Federation run. So for example, they've got their senior A being 40 plus, senior B 50 plus, senior C 60 plus. Because we can field that from right across the Australian membership and have our own selection process outside of competition, outside of the Australian championships, the Australian Dragon Boat Championships can look any any way we want. You know, we're only limited by our imagination. That's Kel Watt from the Hydro Paddle Club in Canberra. Now, while I couldn't get confirmation from AusDBF about the nature of the other recommendations being put forward, they have committed to reconvening in the next six months. So I'll bring you those updates as they come. Up next, this year's AusDBF Life member. Who is it? Well, she comes from Queensland, so she has to be good. You're on DB Diary. Now, every year, the AusDBF board awards someone with a life membership, as nominated by their peers from the Australian paddling community. And this year, it goes to the courageous Janelle Gamble from Queensland, who was introduced to the sport when she was recovering from breast cancer, jumping into a boat and being a big part of launching the Queensland branch of Dragons Abreast and building the Auroras into what they are today. And here's some of what she had to say on receiving the honour. It's recognition, basically, which is very generous of them. Um, the fact that both Blair and I have been involved in dragon baiting for over 20 years, or 
I've been in that probably a little bit longer than Blair, but um, we st- I started off as a breast cancer survivor paddler and worked my way through to becoming part of the the uh, Australian Dragon Boat team, the Auroras. So I've been on the board of OZBF. I've um, done various things for dragon boating all the way through. So And a lot of volunteer hours in between that, I imagine, too. Yeah, yeah, loads and loads. So my introduction to it was through breast cancer. So um, Michelle Hatton started the breast cancer paddling in Australia, and uh, I started it in Queensland after she'd started it in Northern Territory. So you were instrumental in bringing the Auroras together with that committee, were you? I was part of it, yeah. There was a, the president of, of OSDVF at that time was a man called Kel Watt. Mm. Uh, he's based in Canberra. And the gentleman who um, was basically the, the, the assistant coach with Surge was Chris, Chris Alexandro Zeus, mm. who's been in dragon boating for far longer than I have. I can't even remember when he started. But um, the three of us sat down and we were saying how wonderful it would be if we could have a team that was represent a true representative team from all around Australia. And within 12 months we had it off the ground and had appointed a head coach who stayed with the Auroras for 10 years and um, we did extremely well. We started off, you know, not even meddling and by the end of it, we had won hundreds of medals over the 10 years. So outside of all of the stuff that she did behind the scenes, Janelle was also a part of part of history on the water as well. And I've always thought that it must be pretty damn special to win a gold for your country in the green and gold. Now, not only did Janelle do that, she was also in the boat who won Australia's first ever gold medal. In Tampa, in the United States, in Florida, we had a, um, a big competition, an international competition, and that's where um, I was steering the senior A women, which are women between 40 and 50. Mm. And uh, we won Australia's first ever international gold medal. Wow. As a national team. So that's incredible. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, incredible stuff there. And, you know, while Janelle's still involved with dragon boating, she says that she'll always be involved with dragon boating. But one thing's for sure her competitive days are pretty much over now. Well, I think I've reached the end of my tether, basically. I'm, I'm about to have a knee replacement, so that's going to put pain to a lot of what I've been doing. I've, I tend to do outrigging. I'm a paddler in outrigging now, and I still steer the dragon boats, but um, I think I'm probably just about at my use-by date. So, <laughs> no, I think my competitive days are just are done. Janelle, congratulations on a remarkable career in dragon boating. Well done on a fantastic time in our sport. Now, in Australia, we're really lucky to have some world-class coaches who start here, go abroad, mix with the best overseas and bring their knowledge back here for all of us to benefit from. Recently, one hell of a dragon boating coach has come out of the woodwork to mentor paddlers in Brisbane. He's been part of world title victories and was part of the team who, who went on a seven-year win streak at the Stanley Dragon Boat Race in Hong Kong. How about that? He helped start and coach the Dubai Diggers and was last spotted at a Marucci Sea Serpents training session in Brisbane last week. Nick Hando is that man, and I caught up with him earlier this week to hear more about his experiences. I, I moved to Hong Kong in 89, so mm. then I got involved in dragon boating in 93, um, mm. and then I started the diggers in uh, Hong Kong. So there's a big big Stanley dragon boat race there. Oh, I've heard of like, that. 
Yeah, 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 mate. It was massive back in the three, and then I was just lucky enough to form the. We had a team there called the Bondi Diggers. Yeah. So Bondi Diggers, we went there. We were, you know, all all expats, Aussies, and 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 Kiwis. Um, and then you know, lucky enough there, we won eight years in a seven years in a row there. Wow. Um, and then I left in two thousand and one. Uh, 2002, uh, the Bali bomb happened, and two of my paddlers, uh, um, Stevie Spears and Tom Holmes, they um, uh, they were killed over there. So the boys, when I was when I was here, they uh, they sort of resurrected the team and said, look, we want to paddle for Stevie and, and and Tom, and they um and they did, and they won the Stanley Rush. That was number eight. Wow. So they 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 won Stanley. Um, then I came back. Um. You know, messed around. I was, uh, I suppose, ninety seven, ninety eight. I was here. Um, helped Gary Quartermain and Blair with with uh, with Brisbane River, Brisbane oh, yeah. River Dragons. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, two thousand and seven went to Dubai, and then two thousand and eight, uh, the Dubai Diggers were uh, were, were formed. And uh, in our logo, we have the SS and TH is, is in in the Dragon logo, which is Stevie Spears and Tom Holmes. So they are. Uh, they're always uh, they're always paddling with us. Yeah, and they have quite the impressive resume too, as Nick explains. We did really well over in in the Middle East, and won about you know eight years in a row there. And we won 2012. We won two gold medals at the at the world titles, Club Crew World Championships, in the in the Premier mixed. And uh, 2014, we went to Italy and uh, and got sort of dethroned, <laughs> came fourth and fifth. And then, and then, uh, which is the a shocking result in a world championship. I mean, fourth in in the world. Yeah, I, I know, terrible, <laughs> terrible. You know, um, but um, as you know, dragon boating. It's uh, you know, you got. We had about I don't know fifty, sixty members, but in some of those members, you got about four personalities in each one. So sometimes you have to manage about 200, 200 personalities, as you, as as you're probably aware of paddling. Yep. Um, and then, then we put together a, a premier mixed, a premier open, and a senior mixed in the the Australian 2016 World Champs. Yeah. Um, we won, we won, we won three goals there. Won the, won the. I suppose that's the highlight. We won 2000, 2000, uh, 2000 meter premier um, mixed in Adelaide, which was great um, against the Filipino Army and Navy and. Falls Creek paddlers Canadian and um, yeah so then I moved back here 2017 now I'm back here um, in Brisbane and uh, you know just want to uh, assist with um, what you guys are doing. How lucky are we to have someone of his caliber here in Brisbane? So that's Nick Hando and while he's no longer in Dubai he tells me he's closely in the loop with the Dubai diggers helping them from afar. So up next the last segment of the program a virtual post-COVID under-24 ERG competition in Canada. Now, these are some of my favourite ideas. Creative ways to muster community spirit in trialling circumstances, preventing us from getting on the water. It seems many of these things are coming out of Canada, which I'd love to see more of in Australia. The Canadian Under-24 Indoor Championships are kicking off three days from now, going from December 19 to January 3, and I caught up with the event organiser, president of Dragon Boat Canada and owner-operator of Alchemy Dragon Boat Services, Scott Murray, to explain more about the event. Yeah, this is a virtual indoor championships, and uh, how it came to be was we've hosted uh, the Ontario University Championships for several years. And we would get a gymnasium and we'd get 100 athletes together. Uh, but with COVID, 
that's a big challenge this year. We're not able to all gather together. So mm. what we decided to do is make, make the same event virtual. So allow athletes to go to their, uh, wherever they can find a paddler, whether it's our facility or another facility. At the moment, Scott says they're still crunching the numbers and getting registrations. But one thing different from this year, from last year, is that anyone under 24 can participate and you don't have to be a university student. Yeah, so we're, we're still in, in the stages of building that. So we do have uh, some registrations, but we're engaged in talks with, with some of the university teams that have come in the past. And, uh, and they're sorting through it. There's a little more challenges this year. They've got to figure out who has an ERG or how they can get access to an ERG. And it's Christmas holidays, so where are they going to be over the holidays, whether it's in their school town or their hometown? This year, we just expanded the scope, so anybody under the age of 24 can participate. You don't have to belong to a school. You just can t- participate if you're under the age of 24. Now, for the men in a competition like this, you'd be expecting the top guys to hit a roughly a minute 50 seconds for 500 meters. For the women, the benchmark is 210, 220. And while this is about getting out there and having a go, I am really interested to see the times this year because, as Scott points out, this is the first real hit out since COVID. Yeah, so it's a challenging time for us in Canada because, uh, it, first of all, it's our winter, so we wouldn't be on the water right now anyways. Yeah. Um, but, but Canada just has such a great dragon boat community our, our last season was completely shut down there were no dragon boat races in canada uh, at all this past summer and uh, many many big cities are in lockdown right now toronto uh we're fortunate that, that my club is just outside of the of the city center so we're in a, a municipality called pickering and we're able to have uh, modified training but, uh, but some of our really big cities, particularly Toronto and Montreal, they're, they're in lockdown. So the Dragon Boat centers aren't able to, to train, and that's, that's a big challenge. So is this, in a sense, the, the sort of first event for university students to sort of get their feet wet, in a sense, like metaphorically speaking? Yeah, totally, totally. Everyone's coming off of nine months of not being able to, to do Dragon Boat competitions. So we hope this is a a pathway for people to get that, scratch that itch, so to speak. Yeah, that's Scott Murray, the president of Dragon Boat Canada and the owner-operator of Alchemy Dragon Boat Services who's organising the event. Look, that's all from me today. I'd love to hear your thoughts about any of the segments or if you have a topic you'd like me to do a story on, drop me a line on DB Diaries Facebook or Insta or send me one at aiden, A-I-D-E-N dot dbdiary at gmail.com. See you next time.